You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. How do, Bruce? It's good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, I'll see you live. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm all right. I've had an interesting day, to, to say the least. Uh, I, w- I drove past the pharmacy today, and I guess they're offering jabs. They put a big sign out there in the uh, next to the road that they're doing jabs in there now. And I thought I-, I had to stop and look and make sure that I actually saw it right. And um, I saw that uh, I saw that people were uh, people were trying to pull in there this afternoon uh, to get it done as I was driving by. And then I drove past it again earlier this evening when I was on my way back from the gym. And I'm like, you people are in there getting shot up with this thing. Why don't you get your ass on a treadmill? You know, why don't you go, why don't you go ride a bike or something? And you guarantee, and these are people walking in there wearing masks, right? They're, they're walking in, wearing masks, walking in there. And then they leave, they're walking down the street, down the sidewalk, and they're still wearing masks alone by themselves. They're probably going down to the ice cream cafe around the corner to get a, get a double dip of ice cream or something after they've been jabbed. Yeah. The free ice cream and donut. Yeah. They're doing that there. No, I haven't seen any of that. I haven't seen any of the uh, the incentives. I mean, maybe I'm missing it. I don't know. I don't watch TV here, so I, I don't know if they're actually doing any of that stuff. I haven't heard of any mass campaigns going on with that. I haven't heard that. Nothing like the corporations that you're seeing in the U.S. is like Krispy Kreme and che- uh, Junior's Cheesecake and White Castle. And uh, what what was de Blasio offering? Uh, Shake Shack fries and, and burgers yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. Domino's pizzas, I think, even. And some other things. And yeah. uh, joints for jabs was a thing. Free beer and free shots in New Jersey if you get it done. Sam Adams was offering uh, the first The first round was on them. So was Anheuser-Busch. It's unprecedented, that stuff. One of the states was given guns, wasn't it? West Virginia. They were No, they weren't. Yeah, yeah they were given guns. They were given savings mm-hmm. bonds. They were giving, uh, what was it? Free hunting and fishing licenses for life, as long as you live. And several states were doing the lotteries. You know, the lottery prize money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The state of Ohio, my state, they were offering free college tuition. Now, explain something to me. Explain something to me. Explain to me at what point in time in history, this is unprecedented. What point in time have we ever needed to bribe someone to get this stuff done? Where's your scientific? They're all about science and evidence and data and all that stuff. Where's your evidence and your science and your data to back up bribing people like that? Where's that? Hell, the UN, they're doing like the, the Chanel ads that we saw, you know, don't let the vaccine just be for the rich. Don't let it become a luxury. Get yours now. Yeah. I, you know, in history, I don't recall ever a time that they did something like this because of ethics alone. I mean, if you look at it from an ethical standpoint, why are you bribing people that it's not ethical? Well, I'll tell you why they're bribing people, because they're going to look really stupid when this starts to trend back down. This is out of Sky News today. This is according to one of the top government advisors. Now, yesterday we talked about a pandemic of the unvaccinated, right? Isn't that what Mm -hmm. Rochelle Walensky said of the CDC? Oh, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Really? Really? 60%. Again, this is being reported out of UK press right now. 60% 
of people being admitted to the hospital with coronavirus have been double vaccinated. I, th I thought it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Are you saying it's now becoming a pandemic of the vaccinated? Is that is that what you're saying? But no, that's what they're saying here. But they won't say that publicly themselves. No, they won't say that. This comes as a report straight out of number 10 Downing Street comes as figures shows most of the region of Eng most regions of England have uh, now have more coronavirus patients in hospital than at any point since mid-March. Really? Okay. And most of those people going into the hospital are double vaccinated? Huh. 60% of the people being admitted to the hospital with COVID-19 have had two doses of a coronavirus vaccine, according to the government's chief scientific advisor. Boris Johnson today has just come out. You know what? Let me pull the audio. This is Boris Johnson just today. Now, according to uh, what he says, this is supposed to be Freedom Day in the UK, right? Today's Freedom Day, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Freedom Day. All right. I should serve notice now that by the end of September, when all over 18s will have had their chance to be double jabbed, we're planning to make full vaccination the condition of entry to nightclubs and other venues where large crowds gather. Proof of a negative test will no longer be enough. Oh, oh, OK. So uh, so much for Freedom Day. OK, he makes that statement almost the same time that the mainstream media reports that, well, one of his advisors actually reported that more than half of the people filling up the hospitals are people that have been double jabbed. OK, um, go back to normal life. Oh, wait, you can't because you need to do this because what we told you to do first is not sufficient enough. So now you need to do this. But we're still going to close everything down when the cases spike above a certain amount and everybody that's been jabbed goes into the hospital. Boy, that makes a whole hell of a lot of no sense. It, it almost sounds like they're intentionally trying to kill people or intentionally trying to get people into the hospitals. I mean, yes. if 60 percent of the people that have uh, are, that are being administered have had double jabs, um, it almost sounds like there, there's a correlation there. It almost sounds like the people that are being hospitalized are the ones that were getting vaccinated. It almost sounds like they're intentionally trying to kill people or at least shove them into a hospital. Well, that makes the most sense, doesn't it? Shove them into the hospitals. Especially if you have a, a large hospital staff that have either quit or they've been pinged by the new app that they need to self-isolate. Well, then you're going to have overflowing hospitals that you didn't have before, aren't you? You don't have what you need. Well, that's OK. They'll just create it. That's all they're doing. They're not dealing with a crisis. They're manufacturing it. Yeah. And the thing is, is I don't know that the people will see that the average person. No, I actually heard a woman today just in passing. I heard her saying that she's standing outside wearing a mask. And she says, these people that don't put the masks on over their mouth and their nose, they're just not doing what they need to do. Like, uh, Lady, we're over. I didn't say anything because those people are so damn stupid. They're just helpless and dangerous at this point. We're over a year into this. If you can't see this by now, there is zero hope for you. Zero hope. There's nothing that can be done. If you're that far into that belief at this point, then you're a lost cause. You're, you're just, I mean, I, I will just write you off at this point. Uh, there, there's no there's no saving that. Um, speaking at Downing Street News Briefing, Sir Patrick Valance said, I'm quoting, in terms of the number of people in hospital who've been double vaccinated, we know it's around 60% of the people being admitted to hospital with COVID. We do expect there to be over 1,000 people per day being hospitalized with coronavirus because of the increase in infections. How do you know that? What happened What's, to the Wembley variant? What, what happened to the fact that you, you were supposed to get vaccinated and it was supposed to protect you from COVID? And if not protect you from COVID, it was at least supposed to reduce 
symptoms. Well, he did say this also. He says, but the rates should be lower than they have been previously because of the protective effects of vaccination. Should be. Should be. Um, But it's not. hmm. Yeah. The manufacturers of these things themselves specifically say it does not protect you against COVID-19. They specifically say that. They tell you that on their website. It doesn't protect you. As a matter of fact, we've talked about it from the beginning. It's a therapeutic. Yes, exactly. And as a matter of fact, what they're doing is they're actually causing the people that have been jabbed. They're actually causing their bodies now to manufacture what it's supposed to fight. You're manufacturing that spike protein. And when you come in contact with another virus, because you come in contact with thousands of them a day, but see, they're ignoring the fact that it's your own immune system that actually fights those things off. But now that your body is producing this spike protein, anything you come in contact with, your body's going to want to attack it and you're going to provoke an autoimmune response. That's what's going to happen. That's the part they're not telling everybody is that right there. And again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist, but I understand common sense. I understand how common sense works. He also went on to say that none of what we're seeing with the hospitalizations is surprising. He's not surprised by it. Yeah, He says, because the vaccines are not 100% effective. See, because they're not effective enough. We were told they were what, 94, 95, hell, 97. Yeah. 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 Now, if that's the case, if that is the case, these would be the most successful vaccines that have ever been developed in human history, if that's the case. In the 90s? Hell, we've never gotten past the 40s, I don't think. I think Fauci himself said that, uh, I remember him giving testimony, I think it was the Oregon State Senator. He said that, uh, name me a vaccine that you've actually had success with in the last 50 years. I mean, that's about the time period we're talking about here is about the last 50 years. And he said, well, Zika, we've had success with Zika. Okay, what was the efficacy of Zika? It was about 47, 48%. Okay, well, now all of a sudden you've developed a vaccine that's over 90% effective in less than a year? Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh. And his statement there is 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 skewed anyway, because, well, we were seeing some success with the Zika one. No, they actually weren't. They were just in testing like the Zika virus burned itself out before they were able to really give it a test. So they don't even really know how effective it, you know, to be fair, because they don't know it could have been successful. I mean, it's it's possible. But uh, he's with his saying there, it's it's not effective. They don't they don't have the data to support it. Let's hear Fauci again. We played this the other day. Let's hear him again talking about the effectiveness of the vaccine. And I'm playing this to prove a point. Listen. Here we have a vaccine that's highly, highly effective in preventing disease and certainly in preventing severe disease and hospitalization. It's easy to get. It's free and it's readily available. So, you know, you've got to ask, what is the problem? Get over it. Get over this political statement. Here we have a vaccine that is, I'm just quoting, highly, highly effective against preventing disease and hospitalization. Isn't that what he just said? Isn't that what he just said? Highly, highly effective. Mm -hmm. I'm quoting what the top advisor to the UK just said today. Listen to this. They're very, very effective, but not 100% as higher proportion of as a higher proportion of the population is double vaccinated. It's inevitable that those 10% of that very large number remain at risk and therefore will be amongst the people who both catch the infection and end up in a hospital. It's almost similar, but at the same time, it's not because at the end he says, well, no, those people are going to end up in the hospital anyway. But the saint to Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is working to make sure that those vaccines are rolling out, 
is saying almost the exact opposite there on the other end of it, on the latter end of that that statement. Oh, this is going to reduce the hospitalizations. This is going to reduce your chances of, of having a severe reaction. This is highly, highly effective. That part they agree on. I agree. It, it is highly effective at sending people to the hospital. I was going to say, depending on how you're looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now they're saying that uh, they've had more COVID patients in the hospitals now than at any point since mid-March. Well, I would agree because that was supposed to be the time that we had the uh, <clears throat> second wave, but the hospitals were empty. So yeah, I agree. More people are going in now because more people are jabbed now than were then. So it would make yeah. perfect sense. Well, and they've they've got the va- um, vaccine, the the um, the test. They've got the tests dialed back up. And it well, yeah, they got it dialed back up. They have the test readily available, multiple different brands. Whereas in March they didn't, uh, they didn't have a, a ton of tests available yet. So, and we we've talked about the PCR tests and how. Uh, they're dialing them up and how they're catching any kind of artifacting. I talked to a mutual friend of ours in England today, and he said that as of, I think he said yesterday, uh, the PCR tests will no longer be free of charge in the UK. You now have to pay for them. Hmm. If it's not a uh, control scheme, it definitely is a uh, money scheme. I think it's, it's both. It's a Ponzi scheme. I think it's will. both. Also today, front page of the Telegraph. Funny how this works. Front page of the Telegraph. George Soros and Bill Gates jointly buy up the UK COVID test and trace systems. Funny. This goes part and parcel. I, I think at least I don't know too much about Soros, but I think Gates specifically, I think he's behind also the uh, the test and trace thing in the UK. The Telegraph two weeks ago on Sunday, their Sunday edition, they were offering. Listen to this for people in the UK that want to do test and trace. If you've lost your job or whatever, you want to do the test and trace thing. They're paying you twelve hundred pounds a day to do that. You know, I said that to Marty last week and, you know, everybody that's been listening to us for a while, they know how outspoken that we've all been, including Marty, you know, our, our correspondent in the UK. And he even said on the podcast, have you got an application for me? Yeah. I mean, we, we've made some decent money. money on our day for crying out loud, but nothing like that. You know, I, I've, <laughs> I mean, I've never made anything like that. You know, I'm just a, I'm just your average blue collar guy. Goodness. Twelve hundred pounds a day. That's over $1,500 a day for anyone U.S. for anyone that's wondering. That's good money. That's really good money. I don't care where you work. Now, in the U.K., they go on to talk about Sir Patrick, Sir Patrick Valance, who's the uh, the advisor here. He also warned that there were high levels of COVID and they are increasing. Oh, yeah. See, yeah, it's here. And uh, what did Boris say the other day? They could be thrust back into another lockdown in five weeks time. Yeah, in five weeks. What's in five weeks time? I'm just curious. Oh, it's the first part of September, isn't it? Isn't that isn't that convenient? He said, oh, no, the first part of September, you're going to need to be jabbed to go into these places because the test is no longer going to be sufficient. And they're already telling you that you're going to be plunged into a new, into a new lockdown in five weeks. Isn't that funny? That's strange how all that works. What did I say? What did I say? I said, they're going to lock you down again. They're going to do it again. They did it once. They hell, they did it twice. They're going to do it again. Oh, well, they're, they're guilty of telegraphing. Uh, yeah. Like I said, they telegraph everything that they're yeah. going to do. They it doesn't tell you matter. beforehand they're going to do it. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you're jabbed one, two, three, five, ten, twenty times. They don't care. Where's the dropping of the masking? Where's the uh, where's the restrictions taken off of these businesses? Where is it? It's not there. Let's say you're a grocery store employee. OK, and your grocery store is still requiring you. Your employer is still requiring you and the staff to wear masks. Yet you've gone out and gotten jabbed. Are you asking yourself why you're still wearing that? See, none of it makes any sense. 
none of it should make any sense to anybody that's actually paying halfway a bit of attention. None of this stuff plays. So it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you do. You don't want to put in the, uh, the vaccine passports, which, by the way, that's what a lot of the UK businesses are saying. That's what they said. They said, oh, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to put that stuff in. We're not going to enforce that. They doubled down, didn't they? The government, they mm-hmm. doubled down. Mm-hmm. We're going to require mm-hmm. you to do it. Macron doubled down, right? Let's get into the, let's get into France. Macron doubled down, said that, uh, oh, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to put you in jail for a year to the business owners. They said this, we're going to put you in jail for a year. Well, first, first he tells the French people, you can't go into a grocery store. You can't go into nightclubs. You can't go into restaurants. You can't go into cafes. You can't go into, into bars unless you have a vaccine passport. The business has said, okay, we're not going to do that. We're not going to impose that stuff. We're not going to put these systems in. Okay, we're going to put you in jail for a year as the business owner. We're going to fine you 45,000 euros. We covered that yesterday. The French people are out there in the streets encircling government buildings, burning flags, QR code flags. What's happened today? The French president, Emmanuel Macron, he's done a U-turn. It's amazing. After after the French media came out and tried to cover for him and said, no, he didn't say that. He he didn't say you got to have that to go into a business. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, no, he didn't threaten those businesses. Oh, yes, he did. So because of the protests that have happened in France and make no mistake, that's not going to make people go away at this point, I don't think, because it's a war of attrition. It's a it's a push and shove kind of match we're in right now. You push. They back off. You go away. They advance a little more until you come back out again. See, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop till they're in handcuffs. That's the only way it ends when they're in handcuffs. And you don't stop with the governments. You go to the people that they work for and who they work for and who they work for and who they work for all the way to the top. You don't stop till they're in chains. Hundreds of thousands of French protesters were in the streets over the weekend. They did it again yesterday. Hell, the English, today is Freedom Day. They're in the streets of London today by the thousands. Nowhere in the mainstream media. The cops are out there thumping on them. Nowhere in the media is that because they know that another round of lockdowns are coming again. Protest against the plans uh, that Macron was talking about took place all across the uh, the country. They called on Macron to resign and threatened to boycott the health pass. By the way, um, something else that happened in those French protests that wasn't reported by the mainstream media. Yeah, the, the protesters, they, they went down. Now, I'm not talking about Antifa, the protesters, the holding the QR flags. They marched down in central Paris to one of the Rothschild banks and they burned it out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what they did. That wasn't in the news either. You see, if you start digging, and when I say digging, when you start when you start cuffing these people up and you start working your way up that ladder into who they work for and who they work for and so on and so forth, that's going to lead you right back to these central banks. That's the driving force behind all of this. Make no mistake about it. France is known as one of the most vaccine skeptic countries in Western Europe. Well, that's true. That's true. I'd say the Germans are probably a close second. The Dutch... They were out in the streets yesterday, by the way. They're in Lisbon in the streets today by the thousands today as well. The Aussies, you want to know why the Aussies are getting thumped on? One person over 80 years old today died in Australia today. They locked down over a million people because of it. They shut down all construction. They shut down. They shut down all the stores because one person died over 80. Oh, we just found out that they had COVID. We got to lock everything down. Do you know why Australia is getting thumped on? Do you know what the vaccination rate is in Australia? I'll tell you. I'll save you the time. It's 6%. The Aussies aren't taking it either. That's why they're not reopening in Australia. I would imagine you probably have about the same number in Canada, maybe a little bit more than that. That's why the Canadians never reopened. Of course, Trudeau, you know something? 
we might have to dig into this, but you know, just a side note. I, I'm just saying, right? I'm, I'm just saying, Bruce. You, you've heard of the Maury Show in the U.S. You know the whole, you know, paternity mm-hmm. test. You are the father. You're mm-hmm. not the father. Yeah. Just do a quick image search for me, real quick. We'll just do this in real time. Type in Trudeau Castro and tell me that there is not a slight resemblance there, more than his supposed father. Similar nose, uh, eyes similar, jawline. Jawline is similar, but the chin is not right. Cheekbones. Yeah, but look at look at who is look at who his father's supposed to be. Uh, Let's see. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Uh, And to be honest, I've heard stories of, uh, and I've I've read things about how his mother was um, very very close to Fidel. I'm just going to leave it at that. (laughs) So uh, the way he's, I'm just saying the way he's behaving. Oh man, it kind of makes sense. You know. Yeah. The I mean, he has a similar um, uh, whatever part right here you call that. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. It, but I mean, he has some similarities. I'm just saying, right? I, I'm just saying that the way that he's behaving mm-hmm. and the the resemblance is kind of there. Yeah, it's it's kind of there. And if you look at the photos between Castro and his mother holding Trudeau up when he was a kid, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Anyway, you get what I'm saying, right? You see my point. Yeah. I mean, we can't prove it otherwise until... No, no, not, it's And it's one of those things where you'll probably never get the actual truth of that. And it's the same thing with Obama, right? That whole thing. And, and there's been movies put out yeah. about it. The, the thing with Obama was, is his father is not who his father said that he was. Like, that none of that story was actually true. That wasn't his actual father. The secret behind it all, the big lie behind all of that, and I'm not talking about the election big lie, but the big lie behind Obama was his father was a gentleman by the name of Frank Marshall Davis. He was a famous communist pornographer. That's what the shadowy background stuff was all about. It was to conceal that. And to give you an idea of who this guy was, the FBI had lists back then during the Cold War. And during that time, just so you understand, during that time, if the Soviets were ever to invade America, ever, I mean, that, that was always one of the big you know, possibilities. But if the Soviets were ever to invade America and there were to and there was to be some type of a, a, a red takeover or, you know, a revolution or, or something like that, where they've tried to violently overthrow the United States government, the FBI was to go and round up a lot of these communist agents throughout the United States that were working for Soviet interests against America. Frank Marshall Davis was public enemy number one one on that pickup list if that was to ever happen. Just to give you an idea, that's the thing about these these supposed world leaders. They're fabricated, most of them. Emmanuel Macron is fabricated. Boris Johnson is fabricated. He's a product of the system. Barack Obama fabricated. Bush, one and two, fabricated. Hell, Jeb Bush, all the Bushes, fabricated. Clintons, fabricated. All of them are part and parcel to this, whatever you want to call it, this criminal cabal. They make up these people and they stick them in these positions because they're compromised. Trudeau, he's made up. He's, he's, a, he's a fictional character. So back to France. Rallies turn violent in some cities like Nantes, where poli- I'm sorry if I said that wrong, uh, where police deployed tear gas to disperse the demonstrators. Yeah, that's 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 real nice. And yeah, you got people out there chanting freedom and liberty and you're hitting them with tear gas. Yeah, that, that says a lot. Uh, in Lyon, the police arrested nine demonstrators, while in Lan et Vercourt, uh, Vercour, 
a vaccination center was ransacked on Saturday morning. I didn't make the news anywhere. An estimated 114,000 people took part in the protest. I'm sure it was higher than that. That was according to the French Interior Ministry, meaning it was higher than that. In response, Emmanuel Macron has climbed down on part of the health pass rules. Yes, see, part of it. Yes, see, they'll never get rid of all of it until you get rid of them. Part of it as he backtracked on its use in shopping centers. Oh, no, see, you can still go to the shopping center. Yeah, that's that's okay. Uh, what, you couldn't before? So wait a minute. You were going to kill people if you didn't have the jab. You needed a health pass to go into the shopping centers. Oh, no, see, now that, that's okay now because you surrounded government buildings and you were ready to drag those people out of there and hold them accountable. Now, all of a sudden, it's okay. I'm actually surprised that they didn't report on that. Uh, ransacking a vaccine center you like that should be like number one go to hysteria you know yeah but at the same time why didn't they report on the uh, the bank being burned out the bank being burned out didn't really it doesn't really play into a narrative necessarily no because they want to keep all the attention uh, off of it so yeah i could see that yeah yeah uh, well I, if you're going with the vaccine center then they could play the narrative oh look uh right-wing nationalist extremists which they've been trying to play that in France right. for a number of months now, ever since uh, those generals uh, and those military officers have sent a letter to Macron telling him to stop this uh, or there's going to be a civil war in the country. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. And, and speaking to the French generals, spe hell, speaking to the American generals and, and the American retired servicemen that have penned that letter to send to the Biden administration to send Macron, they don't care. They don't work for you. They don't work for me. They don't work for we the people anymore. You're wasting your time and your effort. I like to think you have these letters written with the best of intentions. I understand. But your complaints are falling on deaf ears. They are traitors to the West. Period. End of story. That is not debatable at this point. That is not debatable. They have sold themselves and everyone else out. They cannot go back. They have walked into a room and the door has closed and locked behind them. They're stuck. They can't go back even if they wanted to. And you know something? Speaking on that, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, the chain of events that they have set into motion, this is the scary part about this. And this, this, this legitimately keeps me awake at night. The chain of events that they have set into motion, they've set these things into motion and there's no way that they can stop it even if they wanted to. There's no way. The financial system is bust. It's over. They're working on a way now to reorganize and stay relevant when it's them that actually caused it. They shouldn't be here. They should have been cleaned out and burned out back in 08. But we bailed them out. It gave them time to reorganize and cook up this COVID garbage. And God only knows what else. Monkeypox is a new thing now. Yeah, next lockdown is going to be from a monkey. You watch. I'm saying that kind of facetiously, but you watch. It'll probably actually happen. Supposedly, there's been apes that have acquired COVID from humans. So. Supposedly. Of course, Joe Biden also said last week you can get COVID from your dog now. So, yeah, whatever. But my point is, is that there's no way to stave off what's coming, even if you wanted to somehow. There's there's no way to stave it off. There's no way to stave off the economic collapse. The problem is now is if let's just say for the sake of argument, they pull the plug on the market now. That thing's been on life support for 12 years, roughly. Let's just say that they pull the plug on it tomorrow. They're going to go down with it. They're not in a position yet. They're getting there. They're not in a position yet to be able to survive that collapse. So they're, you know, I, I hate to say that they're, they're beating this dead horse, but man, this is like, this is beyond, like they've exhumed this corpse 
and they're now parading it around town. That's how bad this COVID thing is at this point. Boris Johnson's coming out telling people that you have until September and now you're going to require uh, passports to get into everything. But yet a few days ago, before the lockdowns were or before the, the restrictions even ended, he says, oh, no, we're going to be back there in five weeks. But then he just comes out today and he says that they're playing you for a fool. On Sunday, French finance minister Bruno Le uh, Marie said that the passes will now only be required to enter malls with a surface area of more than 20,000 square meters. So th let me get this straight. This is completely French when it comes to making sense. The larger the area, the more restrictive you have to be. Yeah, that makes sense. An area larger than 20,000 square meters, then you have to show proof of vaccination. Got it. That doesn't like that makes no. Uh, yeah. I understand. It makes no sense because it can only be put forth by the French government when it makes no sense. I'm serious. If you look back through some of their decisions over the last century, the French, they make absolutely positively no sense whatsoever. None. So this right here doesn't surprise me. I'm not even going to bother with it at this point. He also told the French press business leaders are worried and I want to reassure them we will show understanding. You hear this? You hear this? We will. <laughs> business leaders are worried. And I want to reassure that we will show them understanding. You're talking about throwing them in prison for a year and finding them 45,000 euros. That's reaccurance. That's but, showing but understanding. understanding. <laughs> that's understanding. Sure. Anyway, yeah, that's uh, that that's what's going on in uh, uh in France. Indonesia, right? Moving on around the world. Indonesia. This is probably going to be uh, uh what what's the next one after Lambda? Yeah, we just went over that. They they skipped a few. Yeah, they skipped. Uh, so well, I'm not sure. They're going to go through the whole that's alphabet. Isn't that what next. Dr. Uh, Nabarro yeah. of the uh, World Health yeah. Organization? Yeah, we're just, it's inevitable. We're going to go through all those. Yeah. Uh, Indonesia, uh, you're going to have an Indonesian one now, uh, passes Brazil with the most new COVID cases in the world. Yeah, see, you're going to yeah, you're going to do that. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I said something about uh, Brazil and talking about this COVID thing. I said, oh, yeah, it's, yeah that Bolsonaro, he just yeah, he just doesn't want to pay any attention. That's that's Bolsonaro's fault. All those people are dead. No, Bolsonaro said, get over it. So I remember somebody in a one of the journalists asked him about uh, 50,000 dead or something like that. And he just looked at him and said, so how many die there anyway? That, that yeah. That's the question. What, what What's the death rate there anyway on an average day? Yeah. And, and we saw we saw the Brazilian hospitals. They're empty. They're empty, just like they were in India. They're empty. They're, they're showing you cooked up stuff on TV. What 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 else did we see out of Brazil? There was a guy that was hanging out in a cemetery with his phone behind a tombstone up on the hill. They had the actors in the full PPE with the little snap, you know, thing where they say action, you know, kind of thing mm -hmm. in front of the mm -hmm. camera. And then he starts shoveling dirt into an empty grave for the media. <laughs> Remember the COVID cleaner that I showed you in the UK just the other day? Yeah, the COVID. He yeah. was he was double masked and had a respirator and full PPE, and he was just standing there while they were taking photos of him for the government. Complete photo op. That's what all this stuff is. On ITV News last week, I saw the, I saw somebody break this down the other day. On ITV News the other day, there was a guy that was laying in a hospital bed, had an oxygen mask on and everything, and supposedly he had COVID and he couldn't get the vaccine and he had no idea that it could have happened to him and. And he was talking to this supposed journalist, propagandist, I would argue, but she's standing there in full PPE, double masked, face shield, gloves and goggles, I might add. And I'm surprised she just wasn't in a in a uh, in a positive pressure suit. But I'm, I'm serious. I'm surprised that she wasn't. But supposedly this is taking place in an ICU bed and he's explaining all the stuff. She's asking him questions. They give his name and everything, you know, victim of covid, blah, blah, blah. He's an actor. 
he actually has an ad up on another website to be contracted out for acting jobs. It was a completely different name. Do you remember the um, the look in their eyes thing that they did last Christmas mm -hmm. in the UK? Oh, my God. That kind of stuff. Somebody, regardless of everything else, I understand that everything else is bad and we're going to have to deal with that. But whoever put that campaign together should be in prison. That's awful. That's awful. You talk about driving fear to force compliance. My God. Now they're going to do this with Indonesia. This is going to be your next variant. You watch. This will be your next one. This is out of Bloomberg as of uh, two days ago. Indonesia's. Did I say India? In, well, hell, I don't know. Indonesia, whatever. Indonesia's daily COVID-19 case count a case count has passed Brazil to become the world's worst hotspot for COVID-19. They hit a record 56,757 cases on Thursday as the highly contagious Delta variant rampages through the nation. You hear this? Rampages through the nation. Infections topped 40,000 for five days straight through Friday, striking an increase from less than 10,000 a month ago. Yeah, see, they just changed the PCR test. That's all they did. They just dialed them up. That's all they had to do. And as many as 1,205 people died from the disease in the last 24 hours. Yeah, same way. They get the numbers the same way in every country. The same way. The grim tally comes after Indonesia this week surpassed the numbers in India, where daily cases have dropped from a peak of over 400,000 in May. Brazil's new infections fell below 53,000 on Thursday. See, Bolsonaro's now out of the equation for the time being. He's in the hospital, so they're dialing that one down. He's not out making statements anymore. He's under the weather at the moment from something that he suffered a few years ago. So he's dealing with that. So now they're taking the focus off Brazil and they're moving on. They'll just cook it up somewhere else. In the meantime, what's happening in China? Anybody asking? Anybody care? Anybody know? Anybody even thinking about that, of what's happening in China? Well, I'll tell you what's happening in China. Major flooding, apocalyptic flooding is happening in China. Two dams in the last 24 hours broke in Inner Mongolia. That has flooded thousands and thousands of homes and farmland, farm fields, rice fields. Some are saying, and I don't know how this would work, but uh, Inner Mongolia is obviously, that's going to be north. Some are saying that Three Gorges is on the table for this. If Three Gorges Dam goes in China, if that goes, which some people are saying that it's it's overdue for coming down anyway because of the poor way that it was constructed. If Three Gorges comes down, that's going to be a humanitarian crisis, the likes of which the world has never seen. The city of Wuhan, everybody knows the city of Wuhan now. The city of Wuhan is estimated to be anywhere between 11 and 20 meters underwater in the city center. There's no way to fix that in a few days. If Three Gorges goes, it will spell the end of the Chinese Communist Party. It will spell, quite frankly, the uh, the end of the world economy, at least as we know it, for a time, for a time. We'll have to rebuild. But the difference is, the difference is, is that the end of the line for Three Gorges Dam, when that flooding hits, and I think they said it'll take about, I, I want to say it's like anywhere from uh, four to six hours for the immediate impact, and then all the way up to 24 to 48 to, to finally reach all the way down to the end point. You might be asking, what's the end point? The end point is Shenzhen. What's in Shenzhen? That's where all of your phones are made. That's where the Silicon Valley of China is, is in Shenzhen. That's the end of the line for the Three Gorges Dam. All of that will be underwater, all of it. And not to mention the agricultural devastation that China's already facing. They're already facing that. China's been out of food for several months now. They've been out of fresh water for several months now. They tried to go into the Punjab for more fresh water and they got thumped on by the Indians and they had to pull out. 
That wasn't in the news anywhere. They bought more grain from the United States last month than they did all of last year. Why? Because their harvest failed. They killed half of their livestock population because of their mismanagement of COVID, keeping their economy shut down for two and a half months or however the hell long it was. So China doesn't have any food. China doesn't have any water. Their harvest has failed. North Korea, there's stuff in the news today about North Korea, about what they're doing. Rumor has it that a lot of that grain purchase from the United States actually went to North Korea. You got to keep North Korea afloat, don't you? That's your junkyard dog. If you don't have North Korea, well, then that puts the United States right on China's doorstep and they can't be having that. So it's in their best interest to keep North Korea afloat. The amount of people that would perish in that dam collapse, I'm not sure you could even calculate that. We're talking about potentially hundreds of millions of people that will be in the direct line of that, not to mention the people that will die from the fallout of it, the starvation, the exposure, losing everything. What have you heard about Three Gorges? I know we were kind of talking about it a little bit here and there before we started, just kind of off and on. But what's what's your take on that? So I haven't seen anything new on Three Gorges, uh, at least reported on. They're saying, well, the most recent thing was a week ago, saying it's survive the first large flood of this year, which monsoon season. I don't know. I mean, that it's going to be a, a disaster waiting to happen is what I do know. But will it go soon? I, I don't know. Uh, that, that, that's I mean, it, it's met some pretty heavy flood waters before and it's survived. But the thing is, is it's starting to age. So I, when was I, don't, it know, built? I don't know how well I can't, it could... I can't remember. When, when was it built exactly? Do you, do you know? Do you have that real quick? Uh, I'm wanting to say it was like in 2010, but let me let me look here. Yeah, I know it wasn't very long ago, but I I know they've been revising it ever since, saying, "Oh yeah, it's gonna last for 10,000 years." Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, no, it's gonna last. Construction 20. Construction started in 1994. It completed in 2003. Okay, so we're approaching that 20 year mark that they kind of gave. We're, we're approaching that. See, China has a uh, they have a bad habit of kind of cutting corners and safety regulations and everything else like that. They have a bad habit of doing that. And I can see exactly that with Three Gorges. It's the same thing with this uh, this supposed nuclear, excuse me, non-nuclear reactor problem that they had. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the leaking of nuclear gas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're saying, yeah. They, but what, what, well, they kept raising the level of what they said was safe. So it just, yeah, it just disappeared. Yeah. Yeah, no problem there, which it's also disappeared from media. Media hasn't been reporting on anything to do with that. I mean, one of the the, a big nuclear disaster that that is very, very possible that could potentially disrupt world manufacturing. uh, uh, No, no biggie. Not an issue. This um, the the rains that they've seen so far, uh, they they, the ministry said, on average, they've received uh, 87 millimeters of rain, whereas they they have one monitoring uh, monitoring station that's 223 me- uh, millimeters. Okay, yesterday that that's of today. I'm guessing this was reported today. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's a lot because yesterday I heard it was 150. That's yeah. funny. That means they've had a lot uh, dumped down in the last 24 hours. That was uh, that. That's in the. Uh, more in Dawa? Dawa? I don't know. It, it's up in the northeast part, mm-hmm. uh, just north of North Korea. The number of people that are affected by this, the, the current flooding, uh, they're estimating about 16,000 to 20,000. 20,000 is probably closer to it. Um, and they've lost about 53,000, almost 54,000 acres 
of uh, farmland. It is all submerged. So there you go. There's even more crop failure because of the flooding. Yeah. Here's here's an interesting question. And I saw that there's a couple things floating around today about this, because let, let's talk about I mentioned North Korea. Let's talk about that for a second. North Korea, puppet state of China. It is basically it's it's controlled by China. China says jump. North Korea asked how high. That's that's what it is. Some people over at 1945 and some in the um, the American military news are saying the following. North Korea could be facing a collapse. Do you think that's actually a possibility? You think they could collapse? I mean, we know that they can't survive on their own. We understand that. If it wasn't for China, North Korea wouldn't be there. But if China goes, North Korea would obviously go with it because it can't support itself. There's no way. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I would I would say, yeah, it's on the it's on the ropes, if you will, because the amount of food that had to be shipped over to North Korea. Mm-hmm. I mean, that means people are starving. That means even, people even are Kim getting Jong-un. desperate. Yeah. Even yeah. Kim Jong Un, even he publicly said just the other day, uh, yeah, we've got a problem. Even he said that usually a statement like that is not public. Shall we say they they don't publicly say that unless there's a real problem and people are starving? I mean, we know that people are starving anyway over there, but this famine is particularly bad. And that means if he's out saying that, that means that China doesn't have the ability to back him up. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking, like I said, I I think they're I think they are on the ropes. And honestly, the the fact that China's having these major floods and uh, they're having the um, <laughs> they they have ninety eight thousand reservoirs that are dammed off, right? So they have yeah. dams everywhere. Um, they use them for regulating floods, uh, for power generation and shipping and all that fun stuff. Eighty percent of those are four decades old or older. Um, if these start going and they start losing shipping lanes, they start losing uh, power, food, all those kind of things. They're, the CCP is going to be on the. Uh, they're going to collapse. It's yeah. going to take them a while to to recover from that. Uh, to 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 get a a functioning government in place again. North Korea is going to be in trouble. They're going to have to get aid from somewhere else. So the only the only thing I could see happening, like if if those collapse started happening, what I would see China do is they would go into a war posture and they would go in and and yeah. try to take up food from other food and, and supplies and whatnot from other nations. Yeah, that's what some people are speculating right now, especially with the North Koreans. Uh, if North Korea is on the verge of collapse, the next play is going to be whatever they can do to possibly invade the South. I don't they got they'd have nothing to lose at that point. So why not take and, and see what you can accomplish? Or they, they obviously they don't want to nuke anything. I know that that's that seems to be yeah. the thing like the the Chinese foreign minister or whatever and the CCP have come out and saying, oh, we're going to nuke Japan and we're going to we're going to. No, no, that, that that's that's not what they want. That's that's posturing. We actually had somebody who speaks fluent Mandarin and Cantonese, a trusted person that we know personally, looked at some of these CCP videos and verified them. They are they are legitimate. You know, obviously, we can't play them here because they're all in Mandarin. So, I mean, that we, we just we had to verify that what they were saying is actually what they were saying, not just English subtitles. And that's not what they were saying. Yeah. We live in that age of deception. So we have to know. Yeah. So we have to find somebody yeah. that speaks fluent Mandarin in order to understand. So we did. But that's not what China wants to do. China doesn't want to spoil what they need. If you throw a nuke at somebody, that's going to contaminate whatever it is that you're looking for. You can't you can't access that resource or that land or whatever or or that uh, infrastructure if it's all contaminated. That is counterproductive to what they're trying to do. 
they're trying to survive in their way. They're trying to survive. So they need to militarily expand. They're not going to nuke something. They're not going to nuke Japan. They want Japan. They don't want to nuke it. They want America. They don't want to nuke it. They want America without any Americans. They want Japan without any Japanese. That's what they want. They want Australia without any Australians. Starting to make sense yet? They could still nuke them. The the thing about a nuke is um, there's new types that don't leave radiation behind and yeah, only bombs, yeah. Yeah. kill uh, organic life. Neutrons, so yeah. They, yeah, neutron bombs. If, if they were to use one, if they had that tech and were able to use it, I mean, I could see them if they're going to nuke anybody, if China's going to nuke anyone. Honestly, I think who they would nuke is Japan just because of the bad blood that yeah. they have between yeah. each other. I agree. Yeah. But here's the other thing that th- this one this one caught me because I know we're talking about North Korea. We're talking about their relation with China and everything. And I know we're getting we're getting down on time here. But out of the American military news, this is originally published by Radio Free Asia. But American military news picked it up and started running with it and talking about it. North Korea is mobilizing women on the border uh, for a border wall construction near China. Why are they walling off a border with China? I mean, clearly they're afraid something's going to happen. Something. You don't you don't wall off that. I mean, that's never been walled off in in yeah. 70 years. They've never had a wall there. Why all of a sudden now do you have all hands on deck, including uh, forcibly mobilizing married women to go out and uh, make cement blocks to build a wall with the Democratic People's Republic of China, if you even want to call it that? There's nothing democratic about that. The wall will keep citizens from or of the northeastern province of Ryan Gang. Uh, I'm sorry if that's wrong. I, I, I really do try to get those right. From easily accessing the border, especially near the province's largest city, Haisan. I'm wondering if they're worried about an exodus from North Korea into China because if North Korea collapses. Yeah. I, I'm wondering if they're worried about that. Because let's be honest, if there was no 38th parallel, I don't see the South Koreans rushing into the north. I see it the other way around. I, I see the, the yeah. North Koreans rushing south. I, yeah. I don't see I don't see people that are part of the Antifa organizations in America. I don't see them going to Cuba, do you? On rafts. I don't see that happening, do you? I don't see people going to Venezuela, do you? No. So I'm assuming, I mean, there could be something else here. I mean, at the, the, the line we were going down, it could be something else here, but it could be that they want to keep the people from actually exodus, you know, keep it from an exodus from the, the north there. Because that far north... If I understand it correctly, and it's very difficult to get accurate information out of North Korea, but if I understand it correctly, the northern areas like that, those are usually like retreats for government people and, and things like that. And the people that live up there, very, very low security. Uh, there, there's really not much up there. And people can kind of, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of, how do I say, a lot of the information that gets smuggled in and out of North Korea goes through the northern border, obviously, because you can't get through the southern border, the 30, 38th parallel, you can't do yeah. it. It's sealed up tighter than a drum. So a lot of that information, a lot of that, uh, you know, if you want to smuggle things into North Korea, like, believe me, if you want to smuggle things in like a mobile phone, and I'm not joking, a mobile phone, they don't have these things. If you want to smuggle things in there like that, then that's where you would do it. You would do it up there along the, uh, I want to say it's the Yangtze, it's not the Yangtze River, I don't think, the Yellow River, whatever's up there, whatever's up there. Uh, it's that river right there that runs along the border with China. I'll know it as soon as you say it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking here. Uh, see the river. I'm just looking. I'm, I'm looking for the name. It was North Korea, right? Yes. Yalu? Yalu? Yalu. Y-A-L-U. Yeah, that's it. I knew it was like yellow or something like that. But yeah, that's what it is. But that 
that particular crossing right there. And people make no mistake, people that have been smuggling information in and out of there, they've been shot before you, mm-hmm. you leave. That's what that's what will happen. The North Korean uh, People's Army or whatever, they will shoot you on sight. One other thing that gets smuggled in and out of there, books, movies, Western movies, Western books, those things. I know there's um, organizations that smuggle in flash drives and, and it has information about the outside world and, you mm-hmm. know, uh, uh, basically what life is like out here. And uh, it tries to, to uh, do the opposite as well and smuggle information out. The smuggling out is more difficult than smuggling in. Yeah. But see, like this is this is the thing, though. If they seal that off, then the only way in or out of North Korea would be, I mean, you could smuggle it down the coastline, but that's too risky. You'd, you'd get caught with the patrol boats. The only thing that you would, the only open border you would have to the rest of the world would be the border they have with Russia. That would be it. And that's just a small little sliver up there that goes up yeah. to, uh, goes up to Siberia, Eastern Siberia. Yeah. That one is, uh, uh, what is it? The Tumen River? I believe so. It, uh, something like that. Yeah. But there is yeah. my understanding whenever you take a, um, if you want to take a train out of North Korea, which usually that's usually only reserved for military, that's the route they take. They usually don't go into China. They go in up through uh, Russia and then come down. Uh, but the last yeah, time that happened was when, go ahead. Yep. The, I was just confirming there's uh, a train bridge right there um, yeah. on the border. Yeah. Uh, that's that's actually the, I believe the last time that was actually used is when Kim Jong Un, his father, uh, actually went to meet with Putin right before he died, probably to inform him that he was not going to make it much longer and his son was going to be his successor. That would be my guess. Uh, but other than that, them sealing off their uh, their border, I'm I'm perplexed by that. So not only are they mobilizing the members of the so-called neighborhood watch units in the border area but also members of the Socialist Women's Union of North Korea. Uh, excuse me, the Socialist Women's Union of Korea. They're making cement cement blocks for wall construction. A resident of the province who requested anonymity for security reasons told uh, Radio Free Asia's Korean service on July 5th. You know, we actually saw something about uh, a North Korean soldier, a border guard, actually listening to Radio Free Asia. That's banned there, by the way. Actually listening to Radio Free Asia. And they were put in prison just for listening to that. They accidentally left it on during a shift change and a supervisor came around and heard it. Just to give you an idea. Just listening to a radio, leaving a radio on like that will land you in prison over there. And their entire family probably was sent to the prison as well. Mobilizing married women for long-term projects could potentially be ruinous for many families. In North Korea's nascent market economy, men work a job that provides a government salary nowhere near enough to live on. True, true. In many families, the wives who have no official jobs must run businesses to support their families. The other thing that happens up there on that border is also the uh, not just the information smuggling, but it's also smuggling of food and things like that. A lot of the guards up there. I mean, you look at some of these corrupt countries and stuff, the guards will be on the take. They'll allow some of that stuff to get through. They'll sneak that stuff to get through for the right price. To stop illegal border crossings, North Korea has held public executions, displaying or deployed special forces to the border area, laid landmines to keep its own people from escaping. Well, if it's if it's people's paradise, why do you need to put landmines down to to stop the people from leaving? And they've ordered they've ordered soldiers and police to shoot on sight anyone found within a kilometer, which is a little over half a mile of the border. Well, it sounds like a great place to live, doesn't it? I mean. I, I, out of curiosity, I went to the closest road to the border there and uh, at, on the Russian side. And uh, it makes the rundown areas in my state 
look like a luxury hotel compared to yeah. the rundown area that this is. Yeah. Well, it's also my understanding that a lot of those rundown areas were uh, they built them a while ago as supposedly to be like these propaganda places. You know, oh yeah, look how look how wonderful it is over here, right? Look how great it is. But when you get further in, it's it's just hell on earth. So they they create these things like these showpiece cities, kind of like Pyongyang is. It's like a showpiece city. They they create these propaganda cities. Like China does the same thing. They create these these showpiece cities, these wonderful plastic cities. But yet everywhere else, it's it's complete hell. So it was the same thing. The problem was is that they ran out of money and people started to run across the border. So they ended up with just these husks of buildings, right? These just empty shells and people aren't allowed to live there. They're mobilizing women to build this wall, right? To stay on schedule, each woman in the Socialist Women's Union must complete 10 cement blocks per day. Well, that sounds like a great job, doesn't it? The mobilized women range from newlywed women in their 20s to those in their 60s. Can you imagine making cement blocks in your 60s? Oh, yeah, for the people's liberation, right? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. How come Antifa never talk about this? People Any of them. Like, how, how come the fem- where, where's anybody? Where are the feminists? Where are yeah. the feminist movements yeah. talking about that? People complain yeah. that the authorities are making frail old women in their 60s do hard labor. Yeah, well, they'll take care of them. They have to start each day by transporting sand from the mountains and mix it with enough cement to make all the blocks assigned to each group. The women complain about the work, saying, could building a wall on the border stop the landslide from public sentiment? It's a good question. When you start dealing with totalitarian governments, they don't build walls to keep people out. They build walls to keep people in. And then building this wall, that makes me wonder. That makes me wonder. And if you listen to what these people are saying, the ones that have smuggled this information out, they say no matter how high the wall is, they will not be able to completely subdue the will of the people to cross the river in search of food and freedom. I hate to tell you, but you're not going to find it in China. Although you may have more freedom than what you have in North Korea. You know, I remember watching and going to museums and things uh, here in Germany when the wall was up, right? I mean, that came down in my lifetime, yes. But you go into these museums so you understand the past. It's not cute. It's not fun. People died during that time. People were tortured. People were wrongfully imprisoned. People lived in fear. We are back to what we defeated. This is not some kind of a paradise that they're wanting to give you. That's how they're selling it to you. But that's not what it is. If you hear the stories about just the people that lived in East Germany when that wall was up under Soviet rule, people were building hot air balloons out of scraps of fabric that they would find and and be able to smuggle. Just to give you an idea of how people yearn to be free. They're not waving Cuban flags in Cuba, the protesters. They're waving American flags. They're not waving Chinese flags in Hong Kong. They're waving American flags. You know, I heard a story once of a man who escaped from a it was a it was a German prisoner of war. It's a true story. There's a movie made about it, actually. Uh, I think it was uh, as far as my legs will carry me or something like that. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but and it was only made in German. That's the thing. So if you can find it with English subtitles, give it a watch. But it's a true story. German prisoner of war was taken to eastern Siberia in the gulags. And to give you an idea, when the Nazis surrendered at Stalingrad, there were over 99,000 troops, almost 100,000 Germans that surrendered. Less than 5,000 made it back. That gives you an idea. One prisoner escaped from a gulag in Siberia. He actually walked to Iran. He walked. If that gives you just a little tiny bit of an inkling of the human will for survival and for freedom, only then are you going to understand what there is to fight for. If you're sitting around and and you're still dealing with people that are concerned about 
wearing masks or getting jabbed. Move on. We have better things to do. We have more important things to be focused on. As I've said before in previous podcasts, the future cannot be the past. And these people that are imposing this way of life on everyone else, they are not the future. They are the past. All right, we're out of time, so we are going to have to go. Fantastic conversation today. Got to actually none of what I wanted to talk about, but I mean, that's usually the best podcast anyway. <laughs> For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram channel, get over there and get signed up to us. We put out all of our podcasts we do here every day, and we also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our Telegram subscribers. So get signed up to us over there. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.